Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of NFL on a better. I'm Kieran O'Connor, joined as always by John Baff and Mike Carlson. And yeah, let's get straight to it, guys. It was indeed a super <laughs> wildcard weekend. It very, was super, yeah, very yeah. enjoyable games. Uh, Mike, not if you went we, for the under on a bunch of the games, Kieran. Not for under. <laughs> yeah, I, think yeah, I picked of, a bad week. I picked a bad week to resume as the undertaker. <laughs> I think one thing that made it good is that some of the teams that we sort of snuck in now they were beaten in the end but of seattle pulled away or seattle got pulled away in in the second half but made a fist of it miami gotta give them huge props who you know huge deficit i think 14.5 was the spread they really pushed the bills were some you know self-inflicted wounds by the bills it doesn't matter that's the game uh ravens unlucky let's be honest against the bengals um, so, and of course, the Jags, who were underdogs, and the Giants, who were underdogs, both winning their games. So, there's arguments about how many teams should be in the playoffs. But, Mike, when you see a kind of a, a decent weekend, you can say, right, well, this time, this set of games, it basically worked. Yeah, it, it, in a sense, it did. But, but what stood out to me, and, and you know, I picked the Jags. Um, with the points, I think, and um, and we picked the and Giants. I, with and the I picked points, the Giants points. with the although with Minnesota, the I'm told, were the ones who were on Sunday were getting all of the bets or Saturday. I can't remember which one it was. Yeah, but it was basically it was a Minnesota fest. In the but betting. you saw you saw a lot of bad coaching. This you know, which which not just from the the teams you'd expect it from, but from you know Buffalo, for example. Um, you have to say in effect let the Jags back into the game. No, I'm not taking anything away from the from the Jags. Um, for winning is because I picked them to win straight up as well. Um, you know, Baltimore couldn't put anything together in the last two minutes of the game. They threw it away. The chargers completely threw the game away. Staley. I, I don't know what he was thinking of or, or if thinking at all, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and in the end, Miami sort of threw the game away where they had a chance to win it, you know, where Buffalo had given them a chance to win it. And Mike McDaniel messed it up completely and then blamed his his sub coaches upstairs for not telling him what down it was. He's the head coach. He, part of the job is knowing what down it is, you know. But you know, <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. They, can't do, to be they can't do everything, guys. <laughs> they they blew they blew three three timeouts trying to save delay a game penalties, and the referees had already saved them at least three delay of the game penalties by not calling them. And to be honest, I thought on that fourth down, the referees didn't call it. And if Miami had made the first down, they would have let him let it stand. But because Miami got stuffed for a five-yard loss, they they uh, then called the delay a game and gave them one more play, which then McDaniel, you know, sent two guys sub he subbed two guys in on a fourth down play with ten seconds left on the play clock. Yeah. You know, how, what's the how the hell can this offensive genius you know do that? You know, I'm surprised the 49ers have been able to win without him. <laughs> well, I mean, I think there was a lot of things like that over the weekend. Funny, I suppose one of the the standout things was 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 the Vikings, you know, fourth and whatever, uh, the last stand, I, and Kirk Cousins basically throws it three yards. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's Cousins in a nutshell. You know, he's he's kind of doing what he's trained to do under pressure, but not considering the big picture mm-hmm. you know the 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 play and, situ- and situation and i just thought you know I, I just talked about bad coaching new york giants brian dayball who i've been saying since week three i think is coach of the year just cemented that i know it doesn't count in the voting because it's supposed to be on the regular season but that just cemented it for me you know and <laughs> he he and Wick, Wick, um, wink martindale you know i i get the sense that he did what a good coach head coach is supposed to do 
you know, okay, Wink, what we not what we have to do is take away their best weapon. I mean, Dayball comes from the Belichick school, you know. Um, we're gonna take away Justin Jefferson, we're gonna try to take away Dalvin Cook if we can. We're gonna rush cousins so that he can't have time to find the others. And if Hawkinson beats us, then we deserve to lose. And that was exactly you know, that was what that was what the game was. And offensively they they did what they they did what they had to do, you know, control the game, control the clock, use a lot of the clock, and uh run Daniel Jones. You know, yeah, everybody's everybody's saying Daniel Jones now is Danny Yeah, Danny Dimes again, you know, forget that D- Danny Dimes. What he was was Josh Allen Jr. That's true. You know, yeah. Yeah. They, Did you see they, the stats after the game, Mike, when he had, it was apparently the best, well, it's different ways to quantify best, but it was the most passing yards, the most rushing yards, the most touchdowns for a quarterback yeah. in playoff history. Yeah. And so somebody said, and he had, you know, they, they always recite the passing stats, you know, whether it's relevant to the game or not. Mm-hmm. And they said, in addition, he ran for 78 yards. I said, no, he ran for 78 yards. And in addition, he passed for that <laughs> because it was the running. It was the running that made made that game. You know, and if you look at what Dayball did with Josh Allen in his first two years and, you know, how they transformed a, a, a wild th- a quarterback whose accuracy was questionable, who would turn the ball over a lot into a running threat and a guy who could run a controlled offense unless Ken Dorsey calls five or six deep passes for him that go um you know against against Miami. That's what they do. That's what they've done with with Daniel Jones, you know, and now they have this problem. Is that what they're going to do continue on for the future? You know, do they expect him to improve in that role mm-hmm. and not get hurt in that role secondarily? Um, because they've got him and Barkley both up for new contracts. Yeah, I was thinking that it, the situation was trending towards getting getting rid of Daniel Jones ahead of this season when it, when his contract ran out or when the fifth year option ran out. But I think it looks like they're going to stick with him now. Like, what are the yeah. what are the other options? Yeah, I think it's probably their best option, and you know, and I think Dayball has proven you know has proven that in the right situation with the right coaching, he can play. Okay. Well, look, uh, we we could talk on an end, but we'll get into the games, and you can bring up some points. Obviously, um, especially you know. <laughs> oh, did I go on? Dallas. Yeah, you did go on. There was more to talk about, obviously, but I mean, let's 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 just call it there because uh, I want to give everyone out there the betting. The AFC stands now: Kansas City Chiefs are five to four, the Buffalo Bills are six to four, the Cincinnati Bengals are seven to two, and the Jacksonville Jags are twelve to one. This is to win the AFC: five to four, six to four. Chiefs, Bills at the top. The NFC Championship winner, the Philadelphia Eagles, remain your favorites at eleven to eight. The San Francisco 49ers are six to four. The Dallas Cowboys are three to one, and the New York Giants are now twelve to one. The outright betting for the Super Bowl now sits like this on the sportsbook: the KC Chiefs are eleven to four, the Bills are three to one, the 49ers are four to one, the Eagles are five to one. The Bengals 15 to 2. The Cowboys are 8 to 1. Double figure prices about the Giants and the Jags. So, gents, it hasn't massively changed. Everyone's been cut a little bit, obviously, due to some teams going out. But if you were to look at it, the, the reality is, is right now, everyone seems to expect that it's going to be a Chiefs Bills AFC game. And everyone seems to expect it to be a Philadelphia Eagles, San Francisco 49ers, yeah. NFC with one of those those two teams then meeting in the Super Bowl. Let's wonder, see if that's it, the case. I wonder, is it a bit surprising? To, it's a bit surprising to me, at least anyway, that the Eagles are ahead of the 49ers in the betting in the in the NFC. And I wonder, is that, because I think at the moment, 
you know, the, the, they're both, you know, probably the two best teams in the, in the conference, but it seems to be the 49ers are just playing more functional football at the moment. But I, I'm wondering, is that, is the fact that the Eagles are still favorites solely or like largely down to the fact that Brock Purdy is, while he's playing well and he's functioning within the offense, is it still down to the fact that he's an inexperienced rookie who's played six games in his career? Mm, yeah, I mean, that, that would be, obviously the Eagles are, the Eagles flew, uh, throughout the season, at one stage, Warby talked about being an unbeaten side. Uh, that went, and as soon as that went, they did kind of drop off at the end of the year. Um, but let's get to the games, guys. Um, some cracking contests. Let's hope for more. Mike, have you something to add here? No, that's okay. I can do it when we get to the. No, I think part of the. I think John's right about the um, the Purdy question. Uh, you know, as you face better and better defenses, I think he had a shake, kind of shaky first half. Um, he did, yeah. you, you might you might think overwhelmed sort of by the occasion. The second half he played played really well. And um, the other thing with the Eagles is we don't know what Jalen Hurts' status is. I mean, he's going to play, obviously, but we don't know how well he's going to play because I think last weekend, um, the last week of the season, he was obviously held back a bit, either whether it was deliberate or by injury, you know, not not risking. So they didn't they didn't play as uh, as well as there's so the Eagles are kind of an unknown factor right now and you know and um I don't know about Lane Johnson's status either I was just going to check that as we say but but you know when he's out they're much less efficient offensively um they have a, a more trouble trouble winning uh and um so I think that's part of the reason why um they're a little hesitant on the on the Eagles as well as the Niners Okay, All right. uh, so let's go to the games. Uh, we start on Saturday night. Another Saturday night in, John. <laughs> Jackson, I'm used to it by now, Karen. That's why he's all dressed up today. January, I'm wearing a jumper, guys. What's the big deal? You look great. I mean, if anyone Thanks, is, if you're listening to this, please do go to YouTube and just have a little look at how John looks today. John, John's in his apres ski jumper. We normally it's spend only from, about only from the waist up. There. You don't know, you don't want to know what's going on down here. Don't no. Um, <laughs> we normally spend about 10, 15 minutes before the pod starts talking about what we're going to talk about. We actually spend about eight minutes of that talking about how good John looked, <laughs> and the other eight about the Cleveland Browns hiring Jim Schwartz. Yeah. Um, the Jacksonville Jags take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Their reward for knocking uh, <laughs> um, the Chargers out ten to three about the Jags. Kansas City Chiefs are two to nine. Eight point five is the spread. That's the biggest of the weekend. Uh, 52.5 is the over-under. Should be mentioned uh, that there was a bit of a an over-fest at the weekend. The first four games all sailed the over. Uh, Ravens-Bengals was under, and the Cowboys-Tampa kind of hit the post. And it, it depends on, on when exactly you got it as well. Um, but uh, when we spoke about it, it was 45-5, I think, Mike, and you say that the game was 45 points, so... Very close, yeah. but obviously yeah, it one. should be worth noting that the games were very high scoring up onto uh, the Bengals-Ravens. I mean, 60-plus points in the first three games. So very, very high scoring games. Has seen lines slightly move. The lowest is 46-5, and that's in Cowboys San Fran, whereas there was games at the weekend that were 43. The Seattle game was 43, and obviously that went way over that. Um but I, I rambled on there about overs because I love them. But uh, Jacksonville Jabs, KC Chiefs, John Baff, it is the biggest handicap of, of the weekend. Um, 
look, the Jags got it done, but I mean, they, as Mike mentioned, there was a lot of handing it to them in the end. Yeah, they were helped over the line a little bit. And uh, particularly, you know, you, you wouldn't have thought in that first half that uh, this would have that this would have happened. And it was, I do think it was slightly telling as well that, you know, we've sort of waxed lyrical on the show here for the last few weeks, justifiably, I think, about how well Trevor Lawrence has played. And then in what was the biggest game of his career, he goes and throws four interceptions in the first half. And now to his to his immense credit, like like we said, he was kind of assisted a little bit by how the how the Chargers played in the second half, but he still got it done and he still managed the game and he still got them over the line. So I was more impressed than I wasn't in Trevor Lawrence, if that makes any, any sort of sense to you as well. But in so much as this game, you know, it's, you know, on paper, this looks like as far as Jacksonville is going to go. And to make it to the divisional round in the first place is a remarkable achievement. And it, it shows that they're, they're now a healthy franchise. They're a healthy team, uh, especially when you compare it to what, the, what was going on there, their last season under Urban Meyer for however long he was there for, two-thirds of a season or, or whatever it was. <laughs> Too long! <laughs> yeah, so that, that was really bad. Like, this is a game, I think, that features two teams. Like, there's no... We would have, everybody who's an NFL fan would have expected the Kansas City Chiefs to be sitting here at this round of the playoffs with a home game. That's not much of a surprise. But the fact that they're playing Jacksonville, I think, is the surprise. And they're playing a Jacksonville team who are coming into it on the back of, is it a six-game win streak now? Or is it five-game win streak? But, you know. Six. It'll be six, six anyway. Yeah, it'll be six after last weekend. So, and, and as well, you know, I, I will say about Trevor Lawrence again, he's he's shown himself to be a capable NFL quarterback for sure. And he's, he's he looks like he's going to go from strength to strength again over the next couple of seasons. But when it comes to the Chiefs, I think they've achieved something over the last few years that is the hardest thing to do in the NFL. And that is consistency, even even when they have ins and outs, like losing losing their best wide receiver in Tyreek Hill. And, you know, that's going to be a blow to any team. And it's particularly look how he's played this season for Miami. He's been exceptional for them. Um, but it doesn't seem that the Chiefs missed a beat, really, with the with the state of their offense. So that doesn't necessarily bode well for Jacksonville in this game. But there's a few things that I think that give them a chance. Like, I don't think they're going to win, but the eight and a half um, handicap, I think, is very, very achievable, particularly given how close some of the games were uh, it, it, last week. So I think... I'm, I'm picking the Chiefs on this one, but like I think my actual bet will be Jacksonville with the points. I think that's probably the smarter way to go overall. Mike? Yeah, it, the, the interesting thing to me is the matchup coaching-wise is Andy Reid against Doug Peterson. And, you know, people forget that there's there's a very tight kind of bond there. Um, and they they should know each other pretty well. I thought Trevor Lawrence was a little unlucky with some of those interceptions. Um, one was, the his, first one was tipped and stuff. The first one was tipped, and his receivers kind of got outfought. Asante Samuel kind of outfought um, the the wide receivers twice um, for balls. He had a really good game. Um, but, yeah, I can't see Kansas City slowing down or being – excuse me. This is all gold. This is podcast gold. This is. I, I had. I have the um, volume turned completely off, and that's still. Sure that's did. still. That still rang. Um, that's staying in just to show people we used to deal with. But keep going. It said, it said suspected <laughs> spam. It said suspected spam call, but I know that you're not on the phone, so it can't be that. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, so I. I you know, you want to look at this as being a shootout kind of game, and and that the you know both teams are going to are going to put points on the board, and and therefore the fifty two five is kind of vulnerable, um, even though it's the highest the highest over under of the weekend, and I think that's the way I would probably 
look at it but the way everything else has gone since i was under on most stuff last week <laughs> if i start going over i'll go under under again yeah so we don't yeah we don't over tell me you're tipping yeah, over give me that. we don't we don't we don't want to um we don't want to go on just uh recency bias here you know but you are you're going you're tipping the over are you <laughs> yeah oh i love it <laughs> i love it excellent uh at uh 116 the new york giants take on the philadelphia eagles we got 27 to 10 the new york giants the eagles are two to seven 7.5 is the is the uh spread and the over under is 48.5 so we mentioned the eagles mike when the giants like obviously the giants have you know history when it comes to playoff and doing runs uh, even if their team might have been great but those you know the, the the coach that was involved that team that was involved the quarterback that was involved is long gone shall we say so that kind of means nothing really now but the giants will come in you know full of confidence after being the minnesota vikings for one thing um and it's not like it's a team they don't know so they'll know how to beat the eagles it's a case of can they beat the eagles well, they can. They be they beat them in in the regular season, um, mm, but, you know, last week of the season. But that doesn't really count. But it was the Giants' B. Count. It was the Giants' B team that was out there. It was Davis Webb at quarterback. Remember, not not uh, Danny Jones. They lost badly to them the first time they played. Um, it was like 40, 48, 22, something like that. Um, and that was that was when the Eagles were kind of at it at, at their um um Height full, of their powers. Full, full power, yeah, yeah, full power run. So I the question is, as I said, Jalen Hurts and Lane Johnson to me are the question. Hurts obviously the shoulders feeling better. He's he's going to play, he'll play hundred percent. Johnson has a, a torn muscle in his groin, which an adductor, um, which he can play on. They'll shoot it up uh with Toradol. And um, he probably won't be 100%, but he, they, he's probably better at 80% than anyone else they've got at 100%. So, you know, that that, that will make some difference to them. I, I think you, you kind of have to go with Philadelphia here. Um, but the spread is kind of an echo of what John said about the last game. At 7.5, you might want to take the Giants to be able to keep it, you know, within the touchdown. Um, and I actually would sneaky, you might put, a, you know, they're 27, they're almost three to one. The Giants on the, on the money line, and although I don't think that they're you know I don't see them as a winning team. If any team could do it, I think they could for an upset in, in this round. But it's kind of like Ken Dayball's coaching climb this hurdle with a team that's very explosive offensively and very very good defensively, though not as good as they were in midseason when when they they before they started having a couple of defensive injuries. Okay, John, is this where the shock is coming? If it was to come. It could, yeah. This one, it, I think the Giants would be a live underdog in this game, but an underdog nonetheless. Um, I think, but you know, I would probably favor the Eagles just uh, if it was a money line uh, bet on this particular one uh, for kind of the reasons we've discussed at the top of the show, I suppose. But the thing that makes me want to go for the Giants with the points uh, is that, like Mike said, at seven point five is kind of an attractive number for me in this particular game. But the Giants are also a good bet uh, against the spread when they're uh, a road underdog this year. I think they're seven and one in those games. So, I mean, I mean, this is the, one of the trickier games they'll play, but like you said, actually, Kieran, as well, it, sometimes when you're, if you're playing a team that's in your division in games like this, sometimes kind of 
weird things can happen if when teams know each other really really well so i'm not saying that the giants are going to win in fact i think the eagles will win but i think again this could be could be a close game uh, perhaps that's kind of recency bias from how close some of the games were in the in the last round but that's what i'm thinking at the moment yeah, well, I mean, the NFL kind of designs the playoffs to be decided by one score, don't they really? I mean, obviously, blowouts. I've saw lots of people say blowouts are bad luck for the NFL. I thought you were talking about the referees. Yeah, well, there was a lot of dodgy stuff. Interesting about the Seattle thing coming out just before the game as well, that the refs were being looked at for how it was their last year, the, uh, the game that Seattle won in the last game of the regular season, that the referees had been almost investigated for some of the calls that yeah. seems like a, such a strange thing to announce just before a playoff game and yeah. to even say it i mean we've seen dodgy calls man talk to any new orleans saints fan i mean they got killed a couple of years ago with a pass interference call that would have brought oh, yeah. the super bowl i mean it's one of the worst calls you'll ever see in a game so let's all take a chill uh, with that one um <laughs> The Sunday game, so technically that Giants-Eagles game will be Sunday, but it's more Saturday night. But uh, two games on Sunday, so another Sunday night in as well, John. Inform the ladies. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, J-Bone's not out this weekend. <laughs> At a minute past eight. How do you know what I call myself? The Cincinnati Bengals take on the Buffalo Bills. It's nine to five about Cincinnati Bengals. The Buffalo Bills are four to nine, four point five is the uh, spread, and it's 48.5 is the over-under. So... Something kind of tells me looking at the four games taking place this weekend that the two on Sunday, you know, are going to be a little closer than possibly the ones on Saturday. I'm not convinced by that. Oh, um, that's it. Argue with me. Give me something you old. Yeah, gift. I mean, Come uh, on. I, Cincinnati, Cincinnati's in, in a lot of hurt right now. Um By which I mean, they already had Leo Collins out their right tackle. Alex Kappa went out last week of the season. He the the guard on that side and now jonah williams is out their left tackle we're back i think to the days of joe burrow running for his life exact um, 10 times back, there, yeah. back there yeah and and um you know unless buffalo decide for some perverse reason not to bring the heat on him you know and and not not man they don't man cover a lot you know so they ought to be able to get get pass rush there but you know i i see cincinnati having a lot of trouble up, up there this week um which i wouldn't have said two weeks two weeks ago or, or, or three weeks ago. Um, and um, yeah, most people I, I mean, like, I, I like this. I like Buffalo in this one. Most people will look at this as kind of like almost a game of the weekend, really, because, of, you know, the Bengals were so strong in the playoffs last year and have been looked so strong all year. And obviously the Bills are many people's pick for the Super Bowl and more Super Bowl favorites for a long period. They've now been just nipped to KC. So we're talking about, you know, beating Super Bowl finals against you know, favorites for the Super Bowl for long periods. Uh, 4.5 is a spread. Are you surprised that it's not under three? No, for the reasons I just said. Um, okay. I, I think that's... Sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, but that's, you know, the, the, that to me, 4.5, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if it was 5.5, to be honest. Um, but I think part of that is that Buffalo, if Buffalo play around or fart around the way they did... Um, last week then they're in trouble because you know they can be they can be hurt um the the Bengals have the weapons to hurt them if 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 Burrow can just stay on his feet long enough to get the passes off um you know to to Chase and, and to T Higgins and to Boyd 
Yeah. John, we were discussing actually um, myself and Mike before you joined the call as you were obviously getting yourself ready with the way you're dressed. The, <laughs> that, the, yeah, Takes so a long time late. to put a jumper on, Kieran. Yeah. You were late. You were like, I'll be five minutes <laughs> my late. Personal like, dresser. I didn't realize you're going to come dressed like an Armani drip. Um, <laughs> that, the Chargers got away with uh, some bad play calling. Uh, and obviously, as Mike mentioned as well, like the Chargers. Uh, you know, when they were winning, they were snapping the ball with 18 seconds left on the clock and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. You're like, what are you doing here? You could say the Bills uh, did that as well. I don't know if they underestimated Miami, but I mean, the game went on for about six hours for one thing, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. the Bills just, like Josh Allen just came out and like was like snapping the ball like 10 seconds into the play count when he's, you know, you he two scores up, here but Miami are, were a dangerous side. I do not understand yeah. some of the stuff that the Bills did and they're going to not be able to do that against the Bengals. Yeah, that's true. You, you, I mean, but hopefully that's a lesson they might have learned coming into this game. Um, but like like Mike said, I think that the the odds are stacked against Cincinnati in this one. Like the offensive line point that he brought up is a very uh, is a very good one. Mm-hmm. It just seems right. like the, the football gods do not want Cincinnati to have a productive offensive line. Obviously, we saw what happened to them last year uh, with Joe Burrow like Mike said, running for his life and getting sacked, it seemed like multiple times every single game. And that led to them um, spending heavily on the offensive line this year. And just at the start of the year, it just seemed like there were some issues with, you know, with the integration of new players. But then midway through the season, they got them really, they, they got them ticking. They were humming as, as, as an offensive line. And the, the Bengals didn't look, you know, they looked as good as they'd been, you know, in the last couple of years, and including their Super Bowl season or Super Bowl, you know, getting to the Super Bowl season. Um but then again, like these injuries have happened and they've just sort of reverted to type a little bit. But then luckily for Cincinnati, I think Joe Burrow is clearly a talented enough quarterback to be able to deal with some adversity. Let's just see how much adversity comes his way. But I also think it's worth mentioning in this game that, you know, obviously these two teams played each other for half a quarter um, two weeks ago. <laughs> so like... I there, you, like, it, it, you'd imagine it'll be some sort of, you know, obviously, thankfully, we, we, Tamar Hamlin seems to be fine. He's been released from hospital and, you know, he's it, all signs indicate that he's going to make or has made a full recovery or will make it probably. He's still, I'm sure he's still recuperating because it was a serious incident. Um, but, you know, there has to be some sort of emotional hangover from that in, in some way. And you'd wonder if either or both of the teams will just feel it, it, it. It's a strange situation. It's so soon from when they, you know, all collectively experienced a form of trauma i suppose uh, on the field and i don't know to what extent if any it might have no influence whatsoever but i'm just wondering if that's gonna bleed into the game in some way shape or form and and either have some players playing exceptionally well or some players just you know you know putting their heads down and getting lost in the moment somewhat um but in terms of how the game can go with that kind of considered i think you know we've all been buffalo bills we've all been picking the buffalo bills all season uh, and they're most people's favorites for the Super Bowl, or at least second favorites. Um, so I don't think there's any reason to to stray from that now. But the Bengals are a better team than the Miami Dolphins, so we'll have to see how that translates onto the onto the field of play. But I think at this point, I'm, I think both teams will be extra motivated, and I think there'll be a bunch of points. So I think the uh, over forty five or over forty eight point five is very much in play in this game. You know, one thing that strikes me from that game that was abandoned uh, that, you know, never got a chance to be mentioned for obvious reasons was Bengals basically walked down the field uh, to score a touchdown against the Bills uh, in that first quarter. I mean, I think it was their first possession. They basically just did what they wanted. Then they got the seven. 
So it'd be interesting if they could do something like that. Can I ask you both then, listening to what you're saying, and obviously we watched the Ravens game and, you know, the big play is, you know, the Ravens leaping across to score a touchdown to get slapped and he runs 98 yards and scores. And then whatever the hell they were at in the last two minutes, the Ravens. Are the Bengals slightly lucky to actually be here? Yeah. I I, I mean, it, it was funny because when I re- wrote a preview of the game for my uh, Patreon column, I, I said to watch watch for Wilson because um, I figured he'd have a big big job in in pass coverage. But it was it was Wilson who basically spiked that ball out of out of um, Huntley's hands and and down on you know looked like volleyball there and and um, and Hubbard picked Hubbard picked it up and and the most fun was was watching Mark Andrews chasing Hubbard. Um, and the two guys who were escorting Hubbard because he was basically fighting his way through the two guys and still keeping up with him step by step, you know? And I think if he had only had one guy to fight through, he might've caught him. But um, I, I think, I think they were, they were in, in a sense lucky. And um, if Baltimore hadn't completely botched the end of the fourth quarter, they might, you know, they might still be regretting yeah. that. You know that 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 to me is the story of the game, and this is a Baltimore team that you know can't pass to save their lives. You know, and and um, and they still were, had, were in a position to win. Yeah, they didn't use Dobbins. Didn't they were in a position Dobbins. to win the game. So yeah, and that this is this is all factoring in. I mean, I'm looking at the status, and right now they're they're saying um, that Williams and Ka- and uh, Kappa are both questionable. Um, but I, from what I was hearing, it was it was that they were they were going to be out, and you know we've seen Burrow play well with bad offensive lines. Got to the um, Super Bowl, nearly won. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and and that's that's what that's the one kind of hesitation um, that I have about that about that. Um, and it's easy it's easy this week to harp on the negatives. This is what I was saying about the it, last week was really entertaining football games, but there are an awful lot of negatives you can take away from both winning and losing teams um, in terms of not playing good football, playoff mm. football. Yeah, but it's the pressure. It's everything. You know, you got to got to factor that in. So basically, are you both saying the Bills and uh, both both saying on the points, John, you're over? I'm, I'm like over. I, I think I think, the you know. I'm not 50-50. I'm like 60-40 Bills in this one. I think the Bengals can, they're talented enough and they've got a talented enough quarterback to, to see it through uh, against a very, very strong Buffalo Bills team. But I think I'm more I'm most confident in the over 48.5. Okay. The final game we're going to talk about is uh, America's team and this podcast at times. <laughs> your Dallas Cowboys. You mean your team. <laughs> your, your Dallas Cowboys. Exactly. Not our about. Dallas Cowboys. Everyone's favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, if Dallas gets to the Super Bowl, would you wear Stetson on our... Um... What are you kidding me? We can get you one. <laughs> if Dallas it? get to the Super Bowl, I'll burn an effigy of Jerry Jones in my back garden. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's a celebration. Yeah, can we, can we put that on the show here? And I'm not sure we can. <laughs> Seems like a threat more than that. Yeah. yeah. The Dallas Actually, Cowboys... my, my, one of the highlights last week was was Coach Coach Jones um, not knowing who uh, Chris Goodwin was <laughs> when he was when he was asked about him by some reporters. Said, "Oh yeah, we're going to have to account for him. He creates a lot of turnovers." <laughs> okay, um, but anyway. Um, I think this is probably the best balanced game 
you know, of the of the weekend. Um, and given that Dallas's fort is um, pass rush, you know, and it's going to be a test for Brock Purdy again. Uh, in in the first week, in the first half last week, Purdy had a bit of problem, I, I think, with with the rush, and. In the second half, he did very well escaping it. He would beat the first rusher and not do kind of the, the Mac Jones thing of turning into the next guy straight into his face and, and getting getting pancaked, but but step step to the side and and then and keep his eyes open for because they got they got three touchdowns basically on checkdowns to the running backs to mm-hmm. one one to McCaffrey and two to Elijah Mitchell um and I thought that was a sign of his relative maturity as as a as an NFL quarterback you know those they weren't rookie throws they were they were actually the throws of, of somebody who understands what where where he's supposed to be going if everything else you know if the prime two targets um fail so you know that was the thing and the other the second thing that makes me like San Francisco is um the fact that defensively they'll they'll be more of a challenge um to to Dallas um the Cowboys still want to abandon the run or at least abandon um Pollard <laughs> running but Pollard is their best running threat and I thought they played as good an offensive game as I've seen them play in a long time um, they looked sharp. Prescott looked sharp. They they balanced it pretty well. I don't know if they'll be able to continue doing that against San Francisco. But one of the things I said last week against about San Francisco when they were playing Seattle was that Seattle's chance in this game was the knockout puncher's chance of the big passes to DK Metcalf um, or to Lockett. Lockett. And they kept Lockett under control. Metcalf beat them a couple of times deep and got the scores because when they were man, when they were playing in man coverage and they couldn't cover him. And I think that's going to be Dallas's big thing too. The the passes to CD Lamb in particular, um, and then the underneath stuff to uh Pollard or to one of the tight ends. And that's going to be the test for um for San Francisco. Okay. Well, just because you just went off on one there, Mike, and I didn't actually read the prices, but the Dallas Cowboys take on the San Francisco 49ers at half past 11 on Sunday. It's 6-4 by Dallas. The 49ers rate 15, three points is spread, 46.5. After all of that, I think you're leaning towards San Fran. Yeah, I, I am. And, and we take them on the again, points? Um, Dallas is getting three. I think I would. You take San Fran or Dallas? San Francisco. San Francisco. You said, you said am I leaning to San Francisco? I said, yeah. Yeah, but then I said yeah. on the points, and you just said, yeah. anyway. Dallas oh. are getting Dallas are getting three. Um, uh, which seems that thing. seems about right. That seems about right to me. But yeah, no, but, the, sp- the spread seems about know, right. But may, you know, if they were four and a half instead of Cincinnati, I wouldn't have been been surprised. And I think that might have been a good good bet there. Well, obviously, Dallas had um, Dallas had some issues with kicking. Um, I, mean, I did enjoy Dak Prescott like having a big uh, big thing yeah. about it, right? He, like he threw his helmet. He's like, "Go for two. I saw someone said it, and I'll repeat it here as if it was my idea. But I don't think the kicker was throwing his helmet to the ground every time you threw an interception—a season-high <laughs> record for a quarterback, mate. Like when you threw interception number nineteen, the kicker didn't go. Just let me kick it, Dak. Yeah, but I don't don't think anybody's ever missed four extra points in an NFL game. It was before. quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think Peyton Manning nearly had a heart attack when he missed the last one on yeah. that uh, ESPN yeah. show. Like he would yeah, be cool. a legendary st- if that resulted in in the Cowboys being beaten in that game somehow, or if they lost by four points or less. We were talking like legendary choke. Yeah, right there. Yeah, 
And and the funny part is I have a formula for rating kickers, um, which I won't bother to explain right now, but um, it had Graham Gano as the most efficient kicker in the league. And then I, when I looked at it, I realized I'd made a mathematical mistake. So I had to recalibrate him. And when he fell down to second place, the most efficient kicker in the league to that point was Marr. <laughs> so I may have to I may have to scrap my formula. Uh, the other thing <laughs> was someone put up a meme. <laughs> yeah, Cody Parker, Cody Parker, Parky thinks that you know Cody Parky is the guy who banged three of them off the same post in one game. Yeah, Although I think one was a field, two were extra points, and one was a field goal. Um, yeah, but um, he's just thinking. You know, it takes no skill to miss to miss four extra points. It takes skill to hit the, hit the same upright <laughs> three times. That's that. Yeah, that's I, I could definitely go in there and miss four extra points. Like, yeah. yeah. The we thing was Mar, Mar, Mar this year, just to, um, just to dig myself a slightly deeper hole was eight, eight out of 10 from over 50 and one for one from over 60. So that's nine out of 11 over 50 yards. And that's pretty good. That's why he's at the top, you know, at the top mm-hmm. of my efficiency thing. But there, but there you go. I didn't bother to count the the um, the extra, extra points. points. John uh, Cowboys of San Fran, send us home. Who you got? What do you think? Uh, I think you know what I'm. I'm going. Uh, I'd even written in my my notes here that I was going to go with the under forty six five, but I've switched. I've switched up. I'm going to go with the over forty six point five in this particular one, and I'll tell you why. Um, I think it's interesting as well. These two teams are the ones that kind of really, the only two teams that pulled away from their rivals last week and and put some decent points in the board. 49ers got 31 points. Cowboys got 31 points. And as well, we've discussed Purdy, so I won't go too deep into him. But at this point now, he's six games into his career. And in five of those games, uh, the San Francisco offense put up 33 or more points. And the only other one... or the other score that wasn't was that was a we got 21 points in I think a second game or third game or I can't remember exactly but when you're essentially getting almost guaranteeing 33 plus points that's helps you go towards the over but it comes with certain caveats which we've mentioned as well about him being inexperienced and he's going to be facing more and more robust defenses as time goes on but I, I just think even despite him starting quite slow uh, against the against the Seahawks wasn't it yeah um, he still managed to, to get 41 points on the board with an exceptional performance in the second half. So I think that might happen again. Um, so I would probably, I would definitely lean towards the 49ers winning, but I'm thinking over uh, 46.5 is the way to go on this one, I think. And it, it's just more and more impressive for, like, I think to have a Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft, you know, playing and winning in the playoffs is just, it's an exceptional achievement already. And I think he's going to keep it going. Excellent. Uh, now, just before we get your best bets of the weekend, guys, I must remind everyone, of course, uh, that in the Cincinnati Bengals at the Buffalo Bills game, our Bet 5, Get 5 promotion uh, will be taking place. You can see uh, all the T's and C's for that in the description of this podcast. But if you bet £5 on a bet pillar on that game, you will get a £5 free bet. So, guys, before you give me your best bets, let's make a little bet builder for that game. So we can go... We, we, we've gone... John, you were over in that game, and we're going to go Bills minus four and a half. So why don't we take a touchdown to score a touchdown? So uh, who thinks, uh, like, so say someone like Diggs, Mixon, Jamar Chase. Should we go Jamar Chase? What about Jamar Chase? What are we thinking? Score a touchdown in that game? Probably. Is it like any of the games we're thinking about a touchdown score or just that one? Just that one, John. Um, Stick with me here. God almighty. Yeah, Mixon, Chase, Josh Allen, Singletree, Davis, T. Higgins, Dawson Knox. 
I like Dawson Knox. I, me too. I'd say Dawson Knox. And he's 21 to 10, guys, right? So if you made that bet builder and you put your five pounds on it, you get 38 pounds back and you would get your five pound free bet. So that is your bet builder that we've picked out Very for that solid. game. It's uh, over on the game. The Bills minus four and a half and Dawson Knox to score a touchdown. It said, see terms and conditions in the description of this pod and head to the website as well for lots of offers uh, this weekend. Another cracking uh, weekend of football racing. And of course, NFL and no dates for John Balfe. Now, fight <laughs> how he looks. Gentlemen, your best bets of the weekend, please. Mike Carlson, as you are by far and away the oldest, I'll let you go first. <laughs> I'll go with Buffalo minus four and a half. You piece of absolute... Uh, okay, John Bell. <laughs> I'm going to go with um, Giants. Giants with the points against the Eagles. I have to remind myself of what it actually is. Yeah, seven and a half. So I'm going Giants in that one. Okay, uh, I'm going to go over in the Dallas game, 46.5. We've seen games. You that, quite well. that would have been my other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we seem to share them. I don't like that. Um, but 46.5 seems a little on the low side for two teams uh, that when they get going can really put some points yeah, on the board. I agree. Um, and that is it, gentlemen. So when we return, there will be only four teams left, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it goes. <laughs> and two of them may be playing in a neutral city. That's that will make it very, very interesting. Yeah. They've actually been told to start selling tickets for that game as well. So, um, yeah, interesting. Uh, that's it, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining me. A reminder to please do gamble responsibly this weekend and all weekends. Please do gamble responsibly. We hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, from me, Kieran O'Connor, it's goodbye. For, it's goodbye from John. It's goodbye from Mike. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. <laughs>